Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good morning, everybody. Keith Hilbert here, broadcasting live from uh, sunny Pensacola. And uh, I've got a, a gentleman on the other line here of our Skype line, and uh, his name is John, and he's uh, from Razor Wing out of, um, well, out of Atlanta and, and in California, is that correct? Yeah, we uh, we have our company now based in uh, Duluth, Georgia. Yeah, um, I'm transplant from from California. Very well. cool. All right, man. So let's just talk about what you guys do first, and let everybody know sort of what what the company's about, and then we'll kind of get into some of the. You guys are blazing some new trails, so go for yes. it. Yes, um, we are um, we are working on producing the first story based retail game using augmented and mixed reality technology. Kind of think of it as um, if you remember the movie Big, where they had the electronic comic book. Yeah. This is kind of basically where we would take retail and we would take a game and put that on retail, such as apparel or accessories. And then the customer, they would choose the direction of the character and the story So we and the content. So they basically they choose that from a season to season basis. And this way, basically, that produces the content that the customer likes. And they choose the direction of the brand. Very cool, man. How did so like why, when, how? Like uh, you just woke up one day and said, "Hey, this is the next thing we need to do." Or well, actually, the seeds were kind of planted many, many years ago. Um, So if you go back to like 1992, 1993, um, there were companies like uh, Liquid Blue, X Clan, Street Culture, and then of course you also have um, Mazimo, Rusty, Bullhead, Totally Screwed. All these companies that came from like either PacSun or Hot Topic and, and those type of things. This is back just before the video games switched over from 8-bit to 16-bit. So we had still these groups of artists that were really creating this unique content, whether it was Tony Hawk or um, Bones or any of those other companies were creating that kind of independent kind of thing. And then when we get to 1997, 1998, you have the introduction of Photoshop and Illustrator. Right. And then everything became a cut, copy, paste. I remember being in New York uh, with one of my teams from, uh, from the Art Institute of Atlanta, and we were talking with The Gap. And I asked them just kind of out of the blue, I said, you know, uh, what about overmarket over saturation? And they said, there is no such thing as overmarket saturation. But as now we fast forward 20 years later, it's everywhere. <laughs> right, right. So, and this model basically came that way. So you had these guys that were really, really um, unique in that, in that matter, like Obey and Diamond and um, Famous Stars and Straps and a lot of these other guys that, uh, that kind of came in and created this new kind of street culture where they took a lot of the street art. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't utilize a lot of the other technologies that were coming out. So you go back to 2006, where you've got Poser and you have Carrara and you have um, a lot of these other things that are starting to come out to showcase how easy it would be to use 3D modeling. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where we kind of got started because we came from that place where we were we were coming from that place where um, – where T-shirts were being made not just by the not just by the silkscreen, 
but they were also being made by the art itself. Right. The other factor of that as well, too, is right around 1997, 1998, 1999, the silkscreen companies, um, the color went from $1.72 to $15 a color. So guys were kind of forced to basically strip down the art. <laughs> right. You couldn't use five colors anymore. You had to use one color. And then basically it was just, it became an output thing. Now the technology is kind of all even now where you can go to Rage On or you can go to any of these other places and they can do um, jack prints. They can do full, full on art, you know, full body wrapped art now on t-shirts. So obviously that's you know that's all done now we can we can do all these things where this is now finally getting to is you have artists that come from video games that come from movies and these spots are filling up constantly so our job now is to create a new platform for these people to use their tech, uh, their talents on and that's where we see retail is going to happen that's where we believe retail can be, because if I can take those groups of individuals that cannot find jobs in video games and movies and I can move them to retail, mm -hmm. um, you know, I can create want, need and desire like that again. <laughs> so, OK, so for those that because I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So what is it like? What does it look like? What does it really mean to take all of these guys, you know, and their art from the movies? And then how do you push it into retail? I mean, are we talking you just printing some more shirts or are we talking actually? No, 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 no. No, what we're talking about is we have a group of individuals now, or uh, there's a lot of group of individuals that understand 3D modeling, mm -hmm. animation, sound engineering, voice acting, texturing, yeah. modeling. A lot of these people are basically being pushed off because they cannot find jobs in movies and they cannot find jobs in video games any longer because there's just, there's too much work going on or mm -hmm. there's too much, it's all filling up. This gives us the opportunity to go into the retail sector and actually build something new, a new platform using the augmented and mixed reality technology, along with companies like Kinemo that are coming out, Magic Leap, HoloLens. All these things are there for us to finally build with this talent that cannot find jobs in these other areas. Right. Okay. So, and, and you said storytelling, which is a big thing going on right now. In fact, we, mm -hmm. we dabble in it ourselves. Um, let's talk about, you know, how do these guys play into the storytelling and, and what's something that, like, what would, a, what would this platform, for those that would use it as a service, what's that look like? Well, what, would you, would what you would have is you would have people that are basically talented in all areas. So we had one gentleman, um, his name is Carl Evans. Um, he did some work for Sony Pictures, but he did some work on, uh, for, for Sony video games. A great, great writer. I have another gentleman um, uh, who works with us. His name is, uh, or consults with us every now and again. Um, he's actually worked on Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America's Winter Soldier, um, Iron Man 2. He's done a ton of work. Um, if you were to take that type of talent and move that to the retail sector, where you can find key artists and those type of things, you can literally now build something from the ground up mm -hmm. that does not come from video games, does not come from movies, does not even come from books. So when you have that level of talent that can work in these platforms, such as retail, whether that's apparel, whether that's accessories, whether that's jewelry, whether that's whatever, we can now create stuff that is content driven 
and it can be multiple content. So you can have different content on online, different content in brick and mortar, and then different content in a smaller, or should I say um, the other retail stores, such as a Walmart or a Target, which all basically connects to the same thing. It becomes a collector's piece. So what we're talking about now is we're talking about building collector pieces for apparel and accessories using this technology. And then having it more of a, uh, the shopping experience gets a whole new term, doesn't it? I mean, it's exactly. a whole new way to go shopping. Because what we're talking about now is we're talking about building experience on product itself and taking that group of talent and basically moving it to the retail sector where we can actually do that and create an experience that cannot be experienced just by somebody watching YouTube. Right. Or can be experienced by somebody who finally has to be there. <laughs> So in order to actually experience it. So all of these things that we try to portray with brands and, and awareness and, and that feeling you try to create and an emotion you try to drive through the commercials that, you, you know, like uh, Coca-Cola is probably the biggest one I can think of right now off the top of my head. That, right. uh, that emotion you're trying to evoke uh, when somebody opens that ice cold Coke and you see it sort of steaming and it's dripping with ice water and, and it's cold and they, you know, they do that. Ah, it's all refreshing. Like, all of that stuff that you're trying to create through a commercial can now actually just be created by the actual experience. The experience and the product itself. Yeah. So on product. So now we have something that actually literally on product can actually create an experience and also what I like to call a user outcome. <laughs> yeah, right. So what we have is we have an absolute outcome out from the product itself because the product actually carries its own behavior now. And we can actually gauge it that way. Wow, Because man. all the level is finally there to, to do that. You know, it's interesting. I had this conversation, or I remember having this conversation with PacSun and, and a few of the others, but I had this one particular conversation with Levi many years ago. And I asked them, I said, you know, why don't you guys ever bring back any of your characters? You know, you guys started with characters like Euclidean yeah. Warlord and all these other things. That used to be back from the 1978. Have you ever seen the 1978 Euclidean Warlord? Um, I believe it's done by Robert Robert Williams, um, or the uh, the gentleman that actually did the um, the artwork. And his name his name leaves me right now. He did the artwork for basically for heavy metal. Okay. And he created the Euclidean Warlord um, for Levi's jeans, and then. In the early 80s, they had these great commercials that were just 30 seconds long. And they had these unique characters. Mm -hmm. Levi actually created iconography this way. <laughs> they created something that they could have actually utilized later on. But they don't go that route anymore. Right. So it's, it's interesting. We, we've all kind of, with the internet, it's kind of weird because we haven't seen any of this stuff because we kind of been relying on other companies to come out with stuff. We've been relying companies on, you know, like Disney or Warner mm -hmm. or even most recently, Rovio. Right. Rovio was going to come out with Angry Birds on T-shirts and backpacks. Right. But um, because, and amazingly, if you time it just right as of last year, because of Brexit, that never got here. Yeah. But if you go and you type in Zapper and you hit space, uh, if you go to Google, type in Zapper. Hit the space and type in Angry Birds on the first URL in the third paragraph. It still says T-shirts and backpacks, mm -hmm. which half of the United States doesn't even know about. Right. So 
you know, we know the stuff is out here. Right. We know it's going to happen sooner or later. Somebody is going to take this thing into the next level. And they should because they could be creating a lot of jobs right, right here, right now. So, you know, I, I guess for sort of the layman terms or those that haven't been in this world very much, I mean, it almost sounds like if I could sum it up just really so I can get my head wrapped around it, you know, it seems that companies now they wait for, like you were saying, the Disney's and the Time Warner's and all these guys to put out their characters that they can then exactly. t- tie a deal next to or onto, you know, no different than Star Wars or, or you know, G.I. Joe or any of these other ones. And then that company then, you know, brands it with with the character's name and stuff. And then it's the same pair of jeans just with the brand. Now what you're saying is that we need to get back to or they're going to get back to creating their own characters that are sort of an identity of that brand itself. And therefore you're relating directly with the company. And through it's all exactly. of that, through all of that, you've got all of these artists and, and, and people that are very skilled in this digital world or uh, art world and recording world to make all of these things happen. Everything from the drawings to the voices to the production to the the, the uh, distribution yes that 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 is that is absolutely correct i mean what you also have is you have all these companies like magic leap and and hololens and i think where a lot of the investors and the and the bankers got it well i don't necessarily say they got it wrong but it was like the way they perceived it was is they said well you guys are just going to get eaten up or or something else is out there is is going to happen a little bit differently mm-hmm that particular uh, way where you're either going to get eaten up, so there's no bother in basically investing in you. The problem that, or or they believe that basically a Magic Leap or a HoloLens or or any one of these companies is going to come out with those products themselves. Right. What they don't realize is, is that they're just building the technologies and hoping to hell somebody else out there is going to utilize the technology. Right. This is one of the best examples that I can give most people. Disney did not create animatronics. He understood right. how to use animatronics to create, well, to create Disney. Right, right. <laughs> to create his yeah. theme park. Yeah, same that thing was, with uh, with Pixar. You know, they didn't create Pixar. They just knew how to implement it into making, you know, products exactly, with it. Exactly. Exactly. We have to kind of get back to this place where it's like, look, this is uncharted territory. And if you have people that are just basically like, well, well, let's leave it off to Disney. Disney's going to do their own thing. They've got movies. They've got other things like that. They're doing. Warner, they're doing their own thing. Rovio, they're probably going to do their own thing. Legendary, I heard they might go into it because they've used the HoloLens mm-hmm. stuff beforehand. Um, but they don't. They might not make it in there. So it's going to be an independent company. It's going to be a company that's never done, th- never, never done this before. But it's a company that understands where the talent is. They understand how to utilize the talent in order to make that thing. So, so what do you do here? Do you just create a, a, a repository of, of all of this talent that's maybe you become sort of a, the agency for it where you can kind of mix and match those, yes. the jobs I mean, to those that's people? Yes, that's one way eventually it's going to prob- probably happen because you, you are having these technologies that are already happening right now where you have Kinemo that's working on 3D holographic projection technology. You have Magic Leap that's going to be working on the next phase of augmented and mixed reality technology. So all of these things are going to finally start factoring in to create new businesses. Right. And this is going to give people platforms that can't necessarily get jobs in either movies or video games. Right. Somebody eventually is going to have to say, okay, okay, 
I don't understand this completely, <laughs> but you know what? You convinced me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody eventually it's like, okay, if I have all these people with all this type of talent and I can give them this unknown platform to work from and mm. create new storytelling and not only just storytelling, but interaction where they can also change the outcome in real time. Mm hmm of the product that I am selling. Yeah. So they are invested in the content that we are building. Plus we can create content in different mediums. Right. So it gives a whole new world to uh, a, a whole new read to the world of analytics that I could imagine the data that you're going to get from this kind of stuff has got to be it, off the charts. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then to be able to read it and then, and then react to it. I mean, you can, this, this will level the playing field for some people because you no longer be able to just put a product on the shelves and walk away and, and, you know, deal with it a month later. You're literally going to have to be living and breathing your, your stuff by the minute because every person will have a, their own reaction, their own experience. Exactly. Wow. Very cool, man. Um, you just, uh, how far away are you guys from like being ready with, you know, you got a database going? I mean, can people go well, and sign we did up? It. And... We, we, we have a proof of concept and uh, we did a press release in 2015 um, on Times Square. And um, we, we, so we've been working on this since around 2014 in the augmented reality. But we started actually back in 2008 and we were working on 3D modeling on um, machine washable vinyl through a company called uh, Apex, um, which was based in, uh, which was based in uh, Minnesota. What a uh, wonderful company, mm -hmm. um, which we were, which we did this, this t-shirt that nobody believed was ours. <laughs> right, right. Because it was just the level of detail was so unique and so different. So I had to keep telling my wife that, look, we have to wait till the technology jumps. Yeah. So then it jumped to QR code and then eventually it jumped to AR technology. And now we're at AR, MR, VR, and possibly even XR with Kinemo. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff is finally here where we can actually create stages for the best talent in 3D modeling, animation, sound engineering, voice acting, texturing, modeling, all of that stuff to finally, you know, play on these stages yeah. and create brand new experiences. Yeah. This will hopefully save the malls. <laughs> right. Um, I, I would like to save the malls and also basically create um, revenue and chances to basically help communities. Sure. <laughs> in these different times that we live in. So let's let, like walk me through what you guys think. Um, sort of a, I guess, a campaign for a product like, like for instance, let, let's T-shirts are pretty easy. but Let's just take a let's take a hat. Right. And so somebody's got a hat. Right. Let's kind of walk through how somebody would piece this together with some of your um, technology and, and how all of this kind of comes together as a whole package. Mm -hmm. So I, I would guess, okay, so let's say I've got a hat. Now what? Okay, so you've got a hat. So now we can basically, we can do the embroidery on the hat. Mm -hmm. My job now is basically to take a character, give that character certain personalities. Mm -hmm. um, we were, we'll start out with things that are easy. Hostile, friendly, <laughs> neutral. Yep. Yeah, I got you. And this character basically has these character traits in, in this hat. Um, we get voice actors. We get 3D modelers. We get animators. 
sound engineers, all of that type of stuff. This hat comes in contact with another hat. This, we implement this thing into the cloud that basically allows us to choose the character's choose the character's story that it wants to defend. Basically, mm -hmm. it's personality. Got choose it. the character's personality. And then choose the group that it wants to be a part of. And then from there, it runs into that other hat that we had just previously talked about. Mm -hmm. Now, if those two hats match on all levels, then they're friendly. You know, they can take selfies together or they can go battle other hats in that area to conquer that territory, which in turn, depending upon the story that was that the, that those hats were a part of, that determines what we'll now sell in those territories. <laughs> wow. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes total sense. In fact, my head's about to explode because that's pretty huge, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you're literally talking about companies being able... It's, uh, on the other side of this, man, I'm, I'm 100 miles an hour right now. So, um, companies can literally pick and choose based on real-time data what products are going to sell in what regions. Exactly. Which what means, we were going to try to set up was something like a stock market. Right, yeah. Where basically you would see the highs and lows in real time of this game in action. Wow. Okay, which also and, means that the companies now have a chance to be absolutely 100% socially responsible and only produce what is needed and where it's needed, which would then bring down any of the waste, extra shipping, I mean, I could think of a hundred million ways on the exactly. back end that, that this can that, just help the, the commerce. Keith, you're right. You're right on. That's exactly what we were looking at. Because right now we are we are doing too much fast fashion. Yep. We've moved from we've moved from seasons that were basically at four months every year, and now we're moving it year to year to year. Right. It's not going to work. You have Bangladesh that's banging out five million products for a two million niche market. Mm -hmm. Here we can actually create something that is limited for our base. And then we have what we call a driver game or a game that they can basically play at the small, which is basically small for them to get in. Yeah. Wow, so man. The, the, the clothing becomes optional, but it's a collector's piece. That's all. Think of it almost the same way as what Nintendo did um, in creating the Wii U and then creating the Amiibos. <laughs> right, right. Now think about if Nintendo basically could create a system where the the Amiibo itself could be a game. <laughs> yeah. So people can just get in on the small. They don't want to collect a Nintendo, but they'll collect an Amiibo. Yeah. To actually play a little bit of a game. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so let's, let's go to the devil's advocate side of this stuff. Um, how do people feel about having that much um, data about their shopping habits and their, their, their areas and their regions sort of shared and manipulated that way? Well, I think here's the thing. We, we were going to try to keep this to a group team level. Um, so as having them, I didn't want to have too much information. I mean, I can have their age. I can have... Um, I can I can have I can have their age. The gender doesn't matter. Color doesn't matter. Right. Um, you know, you can just have their age to make sure that basically for the content that they're playing, some of our content, depending upon what the stories are going to be, could be a little edgy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we would have to determine who could basically get into certain boards 
to, you know, to talk in groups mm -hmm, and things of mm -hmm. that nature. Um, but for those that still want to play the game, so we would just basically have something such as age. Uh, we would have something such as their likes or dislikes. Right. You know, are they basically are they gamers? Are they um, are are they, are they like cosplayers? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Because what you have is you have something very unique that's happening now, where we have gamers, but we also have cosplayers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, so then, and then you've got guys that just you know they got kids that do it, but they still like the the jeans or the hat. Exactly. So what we have now is I think we have a unique group that's basically looking for interactive things mm -hmm. because they've already they're already constructing themselves in um and they're already doing these fantastic, you know, garments and all these other kinds of things. And I think what they're looking for is they're looking for, you know, where is the you know, wh where's the where's the excitement anymore? Yeah. In retail. <laughs> Very cool. So and, Where, where's where's the excitement? Where's the engagement? Yeah. Where's the the experience stuff that that used to be there with retail? Well, if you go back 25 years ago and you you got some really, really unique artists that are out there. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, but everything's gotten so cluttered. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. And, and those, you know, those things from back in the day, they're all collector's items, right? You know, they're, yeah. they're all things you try to go and find at the at the, the pickers markets or the antique right. shows and stuff. So. Um, I, I mean, feel you. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one example. So I was looking for uh, a while back. I was looking for a Brian Bolin um, Joker um, Joker T-shirt, mm -hmm. and there were a bunch of people back then that were actually trying to sell me a T-shirt that was similar to Brian Bolin, but it was not Brian Bolin, and you could actually tell what the difference was. Right. The artwork was nowhere near it. Yeah. But people were trying to pass this off as well. It's a Joker T-shirt. No. It's a Joker t-shirt, but it's not a Brian Bolin. <laughs> right, yeah. There's a difference between those two. Yeah. There's a difference that is done in the level of the work and the standard. And yeah. maybe that's what it really needs to get back to. Well, Retail needs to get to a standard that is at the same or damn near close to the same level as the video game and the movie industry. Right. And that's where we would like to take it. Because we believe that there are the, the, the talent that is out there right now that can't find a job in video games, can't find a job in movies, they can come to retail. Right, yeah. And they should be able to tell this story and play with new companies that will basically tell and create interactive experiences. That's awesome. As good, hopefully as good, as a movie or a video game, but on that same level, because we would like to actually create stories from the ground up. Wow. Interactive consumerism. How crazy, man. So Exactly. So, um, and so real quick, back to the, some of the data stuff too. And I, I, you know, I always ask that question because I like to hear where people's heads at. And of course, you know, the fear drives a lot of, of people across the world and, you know, data is always, you know, cybersecurity and all that stuff is always out there. But what I, I when I ask that question, they usually get whatever the answer is. And then I always like to remind just not even the listeners here, but just myself that it's no more information than you've already given out to Google, to Facebook, to any of your social media stats. I mean, this is all kinds of data that they're already using to sort of augment their your reality, so that they know what what sells by you, what you purchase, what your habits are, you know, right. how, how your ads run on whatever pages you're looking at. So, mm -hmm. um, but on the other side of this is that, I, my see, we live we we deal a lot in the economic de development here in Pensacola because we're in the entrepreneurial world and the small business world, and really trying to get we're in a boom here in our town. So. 
Um, right. Listening to this and, and knowing the world of the just the social responsibility that a lot of these companies are doing now, this is a game changer for them. And uh, I think that's a as much as the concept is just so neat and, and unique. Like, exactly. That's a huge piece of this. Exactly. Well, if you look at it also this way, Magic Leap is is in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. And that to me is basically mirroring what is happening or what did happen over in California as far as the Silicon Valley. Right. So this has become the Silicon Valley of the South. Yeah. And what we have here is you also have all the movie companies that have moved over to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. So here we have something that is completely mirroring, but it's just completely flipped. <laughs> well, you got the whole um, East which, Coast which too. Com- I mean, you got Charleston's a huge movie place. Savannah's a mm-hmm. huge movie place. We've got Atlanta, you know, New and, Orleans and down here by us. I mean, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you have all this that's already happening. And what's interesting about this is, is this is where also the apparel mart is located Yeah. here in Atlanta. So the idea of this becoming a new mecca of creating um, of creating an interactive retail game of, or an in- interactive retail companies mm-hmm. um, that will do storytelling and will create new types of ways of people to interact. I find it extremely awesome. Sure. And this gives us a chance to basically create jobs here in these communities, plus take care of basically a lot of the communities right now. I'm a big opponent of, of education. I just, I like education. My wife and I, um, nine years ago, we actually, we um, got the opportunity to work with the Eastside Union High School District, um, in which turn um, we, uh, we got the chance to actually work or we were, we had the opportunity to work with Capcom. Cool. Um, because we were actually going to create subscriber only concerts for the subscribers of Capcom Mm -hmm. by, um, by the eight bit music orchestra music, um, that was being produced at the time that, that, that was being produced. So we contacted Capcom one day and, um, we asked them, we said, look, I used to be a musician myself. And I kind of know that basically a lot of this 8-bit music was orchestrated, Mm -hmm. you know, and we have high schools that need orchestration pieces. You know, would it be crazy enough to ask you, could we do a concert series with only your subscribers? Right, right. (laughs) That way my kids do not, these kids do not have to worry about going out there, knocking on doors like Avon ladies trying to get people to come to their concerts. Yeah. Nobody shows up for an 1812 concert except grandma. (laughs) You an know, 1812 uh, Overture concert. We, uh, we, uh, as much as I love 18 and 12 Overture. No, I feel you. So um, with our softball league for uh, my kids this year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they had bake sale after bake sale. And finally, somebody was like, look, I'll give you an extra five bucks if we don't have a bake sale. Thank <laughs> you. You know what I mean? So it, 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 the, exactly. the desire is out there because our time is limited to not have to participate in some of these things that we all know are just flops. I, I don't have anything. I don't have any problem with with bake sales or any of those things. The problem is, is that we have, we, we have activity things such as sports and mm-hmm. music that has basis in art mm-hmm. <laughs> where we have all this art and we don't get the chance to basically tell these kids, this is valuable. <laughs> right, right, right. We can reach these people. There's over 10,000 musical scores in video games alone. Yep. There's 54 
video game companies out over here in, in Georgia. I, and I said, I want to try to do this to create basically to create money because mm -hmm. we kind of don't know where our <laughs> person in uh, education is right now. Right, and, right. You know, if we're all going to be qualified on that subject. <laughs> right. I would damn near hope that basically there would be communities that would say, you know what? Let's take a shot at it. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's yeah. there's 54 companies here. I'm sure every one of them has a nice theme song. We can do a concert series for these high schools, generate this money, create a one day merchandising thing mm -hmm. that would basically pay the security, pay the retail, pay the people that did the, the shirts that also pays the um, pays some of the kids. We can work with a nonprofit such um, we can work with a nonprofit to uh, to get that um, to get that finished. Yeah. And the rest of the money just goes back to the school. Yeah. This pays for and this is uh, what somebody told me when you make money like this. This is what they call fungible money. Right. This means it's money that can be allocated for anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be allocated. That's the problem with state money is everything has to be allocated sure, and accounted and for. If any of those things change in that regard. They has to go back to the state to be reallocated again. Right. Which can take weeks, months. Yeah. Very people cool, don't have man. weeks and months anymore. I know, seriously, as fast as we're all moving. Exactly. Crazy. So we have to we have to have that money for those children in order to create those kinds of educational opportunities so that people basically get that. And that's not just in charters, but that's in you know, that's in high schools, that's yeah. in, you know, low income schools, you name it. And I believe actually art can actually create and generate those things. Very cool. Well, speaking of time and stuff, man, we are getting to the end of ours. But for anybody that is uh, interested in finding more out, uh, about you guys or, or checking you guys out, where can they go? Um, yes, they can go to Razorwing.com. Um, so they can, they can check us out at Razorwing. That's R-A-Z-R-W-I-N-G.com. Um, they can also check out our uh, blog on Razorwing the Reveal. Uh, just one quick uh, shout out. Mm -hmm. If anybody is in the Georgia area um, yeah, around Buford, today is our last day um, at Video Game Trader um, located on 1328 Buford Highway. I believe they're open today. We are selling our last 23 um, R skins, which are basically back designs for the Nintendo Switch. These are exclusive to Razor Wing, and we will not produce another one of them. Um, and we have 23 of them left. So if you get down there, you can grab one. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to get us out of here, but hang out for a minute. Once I get done, I want to talk to you about something. Yeah, sure. All right, guys. You can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook. Or you can find us at our website at PensacolaBusinessRadio.us or Pensacola.BusinessRadioX.com. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters. Mm -hmm.